the next hour and 30 minutes, this program will present in person such bright stars as... Uh, Louis Armstrong. Bob Hope. Deborah Carr. Frankie Lane. Gary Lewis. Dean Martin. Charlie McGuire. Jimmy Wallington. Meredith Wilson. And my name, darling, is Tallulah Bankhead. On Sunday, November 5th, 1950 at 6 p.m., NBC launched a new 90-minute star-studded program called The Big Show. Each episode cost over $100,000 to produce. Hopes were high. Martin and Lewis appeared twice. This is from the December 17th broadcast. They also became regulars on TV's Colgate Comedy Hour, which had over 60 million weekly viewers. And here is your hostess, the glamorous, unpredictable Tallulah Bankhead. Well, darlings, here we are with the big show this week in Los Angeles. Los Angeles, the city of the angels. Or is it Los Angeles, the city of the angles? <laughs> well, to be safe, I'll call it L.A. By the summer of 1951, Martin and Lewis had scored with blockbuster films in That's My Boy and The Stooge and a sellout touring act. Life magazine reported tour audience members refused to leave. They began doing free shows afterwards on the hotel fire escapes. The streets were jammed with onlookers. Abby Greshler booked appearances on NBC TV's Colgate Comedy Hour, but it still bothered the pair that they'd flopped in radio. They wanted another chance. Transcribed. From Hollywood, we present the Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis Show. Brought to you by Anison for fast relief from pain of headache, neuritis, and neuralgia. And by Chesterfield, the cigarette that gives you something new, something no other cigarette has. Chesterfield mildness, plus no unpleasant aftertaste. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it gives me great pleasure to introduce our Master of Ceremonies. Good evening, folks. This is Dean Martin. I'd like to welcome you to our show. We'd like you to sit back and spend the next 30 minutes with us. We're going to sing some songs that we hope you'll enjoy. You'll hear the Skylarks, and we present a guest now and then. By the way, our guest tonight is the lovely and talented Miss Dinah Shore. Besides, you'll also hear from my undernourished partner, Jerry Lewis. And if he's a little late tonight, folks, please forgive him. You see, he's getting a haircut, and it takes a little longer than the ordinary haircut. He gets his cut from the inside. <laughs> and I'm almost sure that you'll know when he gets here. That's if his uh, dulcet tone-type voice is in shape. And speaking of voice, I'd like uh, to see how mine's doing by singing a song I kind of think will be the number one tune real soon. So with the aid of my pizza partner, Dick Stabile, here is Bella Bella Bimba. 
Ma come bella bella bimba, bella bimba, bella bimba, ma come bella bella bimba, bella bimba, bella bimba. NBC hired Ed Simmons and Norman Lear, Martin and Lewis's comedy writers, to write the new program. Dick Mack was the director. NBC offered it as part of the new multi-sponsor experiment called Operation Tandem. Chesterfield cigarettes and Aston tablets and the makers of Chiclet's gum signed on. The new show premiered on October 5, 1951 to great reviews. Dinah Shore was the first guest star. There's an era about your father that people should know more about, and that's race relations. He was a pioneer in civil rights. Yes, indeed. The uh, house I live in. Yeah, which, by the way, was another reason why he got into trouble. Because he his, made a short subject. His lectures and the short subject, The House I Live In, appearances at rallies for tolerance, made people list him as communist. Taking Lena Horn to dinner at the Stork Club. Unheard of. Forget about it. I know your father loved Franklin Roosevelt. He was yes. his hero. Yeah, that's how he got into all the hot water about the mafia and all that stuff. Was because when he was supporting FDR, the conservative newspapers went after him to discredit him because they didn't want FDR to get reelected for the third time. Well, your father used to introduce him at rallies. Yes. And then Adelaide Stevens, he's always was, even though he turned Republican of late, he was always a big D Democrat before us. Big Adelaide Stevenson guy, right? Yeah. Kennedy. Mm -hmm. He told me he's still a registered Democrat. In 1951, Frank Sinatra, at a low point in his career, didn't make a single significant appearance on radio. Rejected by Hollywood, he turned to Las Vegas and made his debut at the Desert Inn in September. Sinatra became one of Vegas's pioneer entertainers. Frank's first wife, Nancy, filed for divorce. It became final on October 29, 1951. Daughter Nancy Jr. remembered that time. What did the divorce do to an 11-year-old and the oldest of the three? I think that the two things that were really sad about it was, first of all, my mother, of course, was very sad, which worried me a lot. I didn't know how to help her. I was too little. And there was another woman involved, right? Yes. Ava Gardner. Yeah. Whom how I grew to love, that? by the way. What? Whom I grew to love dearly. And the other thing was that it was such a public thing. I mean, nobody got divorced in those days. It was a scandal, especially if there was another woman involved. And your father was at the low ebb then, too. Sort of, if you I mean, can call it that. He was trailing her around, right? Yeah. She'd make a movie, he'd follow, he'd be at the set every day. We didn't see him as much then, of course. He was always a phone call away. I remember wearing penny loafers with dimes in them, you know, and I always had the phone number wherever he was. He always checked in with us. Didn't leave us alone. He was a... Was and is a very good father, right? Very good An father. An attentive father, right? You would think that someone that big gets removed from his kids. He never was? No, one of the things that makes him as great as he is is his ability to listen. Frank and Ava Gardner were married in a small ceremony less than two weeks later on November 7th. In financial difficulty following his divorce and career decline, Sinatra was forced to borrow $200,000 from Columbia just to pay back taxes. On Friday, January 18, 1952, the Martin and Lewis show took to the air with good friend Frank Sinatra as the guest of honor. This particular episode was a 45-minute special. Transcribed.
From Hollywood, we present the Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis Show. Brought to you by Chesterfield. Sound off for Chesterfield. Get something new, something no other cigarette has. Chesterfield mildness plus no unpleasant aftertaste. By Anison for fast relief from pain of headache, neuritis, and neuralgia. By Dentine, the gum with breathtaking flavor. And by Beeman's Pepsin, the gum that's great to chew and good for your digestion, too. And now it gives me great pleasure to introduce our master of ceremonies, Dean Martin. Thank you, folks. Thank you very much. Well, the calendar says that another Friday has rolled around, which means another 30 minutes of doing or dying for dear old Chesterfield's Anison and Dentine. However, things are going to be a little different tonight. You see, we've been joined by another very nice sponsor who asked us to do an extra 15 minutes. So tonight we'll be around for 45. I know that peace will be shattered when my partner, Jay Lewis, the Velvet Foghorn, arrives. So while all is quiet, I'd like to try a little Bella Bimba. Ma come balla bella bimba, bella bimba, bella bimba, ma come balla bella bimba, bella bimba, bella bimba. My bella 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 bimba, bella bimba, bella bimba, my bella 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 bimba, bella bimba, bella sing, bells always ring, whether it's summer or winter or spring, be like the birds, just at the words, sing this happy song. Ma come balla bella bimba, bella bimba, bella bimba, come balla bella bimba, bella bimba, bella bimba. Look everywhere, love's in the air Dance through the light with the devil make care Look in your heart, then you will start To sing this happy song Come balla bella bimba, bella bimba, bella bimba Ma come balla bella bimba, bella bimba, bella bimba my bella 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 bimba, bella bimba, bella bimba. Ma bella bella bimba, bella bimba, bella bimba. And now, ladies and gentlemen, because my pleasure. Jerry Lewis, how many times? How many times must I tell her you're not supposed to come out here until you're introduced? What introduced? I'm Jerry. You're Dean. How do you do? Pleased to meet you. Let's get on with the show. <laughs> now look, Jerry. Forget it. Forget the introduction. Now tell me, have you finished my laundry yet? 
I finish your laundry. Listen here, D-Martin, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to make everybody think that just because I'm younger and I'm an idiot, I do all your laundry. <laughs> Some people should think I take care of your shirts and I wash and starch and dry and iron them, but it won't work. See, I'm wiser, buddy. I'm wiser. And another thing. What? The lipstick mark on your blue shirt doesn't rub out. <laughs> Now, listen, Jerry, I'm getting mighty tired of your complaining. What makes you act like such a big shot? Listen, Alfred. Alfred? I read in one of them movie magazines that I'm a big picture star, just like Oscar March. Oscar March? Oscar, I never heard of him. Well, that shows how much you know. Oscar March is a star death of a salesman. Why, he may even win a Frederick this year. <laughs> You know something, Jer? You're gonna drive me to the bug house. Oh, no, you don't, Dean Martin. I'll stand still for doing the laundry, but I'm not gonna be your chauffeur. <laughs> Jerry, driving someone to the bug house is just a figure of speech. Oh, well, that's different. Will you pay for the gas? <laughs> Look, now, let's stop arguing, huh? Nobody wins anyway. It's like a, an immovable object that meets an irrest... Irresistible, I notice. And a movable object that meets an irresistible force. I was right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Dean. What? I'm irresistible. All right, Jer. I give up. You win. Tell me, who's our first guest tonight? Guys, Dean, we don't have a first guest, but I have an idea that I think we will find Peachy, Ginger, Dandy, Snappy, and King. Um, you're a good boy. Why don't we do one of those tender dramatic scenes, you know, where you sing one part and I talk the other part? Well, all righty, ladies and gentlemen, Jerry and I give you our impression of a man whose girlfriend has just run out of him, run out on him. <laughs> He's trying to forget her, but everything, everything he touches recalls another memory, and away we go. A cigarette that bears a lipstick's traces. Why does that man insist upon wearing makeup? <laughs> An airline ticket to romantic places. Romantic places. We took one lousy flight from Idlewood to Burbank. <laughs> Even then we were grounded six times because of dust. And still my heart has wings. What happened to the mima? This foolish thing remind me of you. We had so much to make us happy. You love me despite my old clothes, and I love you despite your old nose. <laughs> a tinkling piano in the next apartment. I haven't slept a wink in three days. Those stumbling words that told you what my heart meant. What stumbling words? You slapped my back, I boy. <laughs> A fairgrounds painted swing These foolish things remind me of you Foolish things, my foot, they're ridiculous I was saying to Selma just the other day Selma, I said, no, listen to this Selma, I said, you have no idea He carries on about the least little thing My lipstick traces, my airline tickets, my painted swings So help me, I'll go mad from that man You came, you saw you conquered me. Well, I did beat you two falls out of three. When you did that to me, I knew somehow it had to be. 
Like I told Selma, this thing is just too big for the both of us. The winds of March that make my heart a dancer. The winds of March, indeed. Why, that poor Arthur Murray worked his feet to the bone. To the bone. rings, but who's to answer? Oh, how the ghost of you cling. You can't forget me, booby. These foolish things remind me of you. Thank you, thank you very much. And now we turn from foolish things to pleasant ones as we all sound off for Chesterfield. I'm the straight man, you're the wit. Go ahead and do your bit. I can't think of a single joke, but I'll tell you what you ought to smoke. Chesterfield. 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 Milder, 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 Chesterfield. That's right. We've played all over the USA from Walla Walla to Buzzards Bay. From Battle Creek to Old Mobile, the folks are changing to Chesterfield. Sound off. For Chesterfield. Sound off. For Chesterfield. Buy a pack of Chesterfields. Do it. Today. fact, ladies and gentlemen, all over America, more and more smokers are sounding off for Chesterfield. Getting Chesterfield mildness plus, no unpleasant aftertaste. Smoking pleasure all the way. How about you? Enjoy your smoking. Change to Chesterfields today. Well, folks... Comes time to hit a high spot in the evening's festivities with the introduction of our guest of the evening. And I might add that I can't think of an introduction that would give me greater pleasure. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is, Frank Sinatra. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Dino. Where's the idiot? Well, I, I wish you wouldn't call him that. After all, the kid is my partner and... We worked together for years, and, well, I'd just rather you wouldn't. Oh, I'm sorry, Dean. I didn't realize, you know. Well, I don't mean to be a square, but that's the way I feel. All right, Dean, I promise not to say it again. Good. Now, before the idiot louses us up, <laughs> how about a song? Well, my pleasure, Dean. I did an interview uh, not long ago about what I'm doing, my work, and so on and so forth. We got around to discussing people who are writing kiss-and-tell books. That's really what started the whole thing. And I said that kiss-and-tell books, I have another name for people who write those kind of books, and they're pimps and whores, because they can't write their own name to earn a living properly. they got to lean on somebody else. And they know nothing about uh, the person of whom they've written, really don't know. They just read uh, newspaper clips, and they write a story. And fortunately and unfortunately, but more fortunately, that we have the right to say whatever we want in our country, which I agree with. I just feel that there's that element which brought about the title of Pimps and Horrors. Right. You told me once that people who make a living off other people's fortunes or misfortunes yes. are parasites. In a sense. Parasites. Why don't you respond to them sooner? When a book was written about you, why don't you come out? Because when the personality written about doesn't come out, isn't there an assumption? Oh, I agree that there's probably a large assumption. 
but with advice from family members and an attorney and so on and so forth, it turned out that if, I mean, we didn't take a vote, but if we had, answering that would have lost. Would have lost? It would have lost. I mean, I wouldn't have answered it anyway, because I, we would have agreed, don't answer it, just be quiet about it. I hope that she had a lot of fun with the money she made by, by writing a lot of crap that she wrote about, which really what, it, what, what it all, most of it was anyway. I mean, how about the pain, though? It wasn't too bad. Didn't harm you? No, it didn't really sting me that much. I've been whacked around before. Came through pretty good. How about your kids? The kids, I worried about my family a lot. They never said a word. They never mentioned it. We never discussed it. My friends never discussed it. They were angry. They said, you know, that's so and so and so. I said, forget about it. In six months' time, nobody will ever remember what she ever wrote about. And she can't do it again. So never do it again. Was it a mistake to try to stop it, by the way? It would have been a mistake. I think so. I think, I think it caused more notoriety if you try to stop it. Would you agree to that? Yeah, that was a mistake you made, right? Yeah. We didn't try to stop it. What we wanted to do was to have something to say about it. You know, I don't remember now what my people were saying to her people because it's, that's a long time ago. Well, thank you, Dean. Ladies and gentlemen, if you would like to know a quick, easy way to ease pain of a headache, neuritis, or neuralgia, then by all means try Anison. Your own dentist or physician may at one time or another have handed you an envelope containing Anison tablets. Then you already know how incredibly fast and effectively Anison brings relief. Anison is like a doctor's prescription. That is, Anison contains not just one, but a combination of medically proven active ingredients. For your own sake, try Anison. Anison is sold to you on this guarantee. If the first few tablets do not give you all the relief you want, as fast as you want it, you may return the unused portion and your money will be refunded. You can get Anison tablets at any drug counter. Anison comes in handy boxes of 12 and 30 tablets and economical family-sized bottles of 50 and 100. Hey, Dean, is your voice changing? I heard your song and... All right, buddy, the hospital is two blocks away. <laughs> now, easy, Jared. If this boy doesn't need the hospital... You're right, Dean. Hey, buddy, it's four blocks to Forest Lawn. <laughs> Hey, Dean, I don't know who this guy is, but I like him. This kid makes me look good, you know. Now, uh, Frankie, he's my partner, Jerry Lewis. Go over and introduce yourself to him. Well, all right. Be sure he won't bite. Uh, Jerry, I'd like to introduce myself. I'm, uh... Let Dean do it, kid. You better lie down. Now, listen, Apehead, I'm Frank Sinatra. You mean you're Frank Sinatra, the singer on radio and television and picture star? That's right. Hey, is it true that you stand in for carrots when they photograph salads? <laughs> well, well, I... I mean, uh... when mosquitoes bite you, do they get anything more than practice? Well, gosh, I don't... Hey, now, tell it too. Can you touch your hands over your head without being threaded? Hey, no. Just a minute. How long do you think I have to stand here for these insults? Just as long as we get laughs, Frank. <laughs> Jerry, this is no way to act towards Frank Sinatra. Yeah, well... <laughs> yeah, well, what makes you think he's Frank Sinatra anyway? If he was Sinatra, he certainly wouldn't be here with us. No? Where would I be? Home with Ava. <laughs> you know, for an idiot, this kid makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I was 
just kidding, Frankie. We're really very glad you could come tonight, honest. We think you, we're real lucky to have you as a guest. Yes, sirree. We sure are fortunate to have you as our guest. And I mean it, too. Hey, Dean. Como couldn't come? Jer, <laughs> can't you show a little more respect? After all, Frank is one of our most popular singers. What did you say? I said Frank is one of our most popular singers. Uh, what did you say? What's the matter with you? Can't you hear? Oh, sure. I just like the way you turn green when you say it. <laughs> Don't be jealous, Bobby. <laughs> Dino doesn't have to be jealous. He's got a fine voice. Mm, you're a good boy, Frank. <laughs> As a matter of fact, Dean, you sound a little like Crosby. Oh, I haven't been too well. Been sick. <laughs> no, but you really sing real good, too, Frank. I just bought a whole bunch of your records. 82 records for 39 cents. <laughs> 82 records for 39 cents? Yeah, they forgot to put the hole in the middle. You know, one good clop, I could put this kid away. <laughs> I didn't know you were that tough, Frank. Didn't you know I used to be a boxer? Yeah, and I used to be a cocker spaniel. <laughs> Don't mess with me, kid. Where I was raised, you had to be tough. Same with me. You had to fight all the time. Me too. All the time. It was nothing but fist, fist, fist. <laughs> really? Sure, I was 12 years old before I knew I had fingers. <laughs> Ah, those childhood memories. You know, I'll never forget them. Yeah, I remember when I first learned to tie my shoelaces. Seems like only yesterday. What yesterday? It was this morning. <laughs> hey, you know, fellas, I wonder what it would have been like if the three of us had grown up together. I mean, all part of the same gang in the same neighborhood. Well, let's roll up our pants legs and find out. Ladies and gentlemen, although most of us would like to, it's impossible for us to return to those carefree days of our childhood. Tonight, however, through the magic of radio, Dean Martin, Jerry Lewis, and Frank Sinatra shall realize this ambition. And so, let's turn back the clock. My name is Dino. Me and my pal Muscles are the toughest kids on this block. My name is Muscles. <laughs> And whoever gave me that name ought to have his head examined. My name is Jerome. I have my head examined all the time. I'm brand new in this thing, boy. Boy, wait till these fellas see what a load of laughs I am. No kidding. I'm a ton of fun. Ha, ha, ha. Oh, I will speak to them. Uh, ha, 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 hello, hello, fellows. Uh, ha, 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 ah, shut up. Goodbye, fellow. Wait a second. You gotta go home now. Yeah, I'm a babysitter. I sit on my baby brother. You sit with the baby, not on him. So how come they call him flat top? By the way, kid, how did you get that cauliflower ear? I got it from beer. You got that ear from drinking beer? No, Dad uses it to open the bottle. <laughs> Ah, uh, let's go, Dino. We only play with the tough guys. Well, I'm tough. You should have seen me this morning. I kicked Brownie right in her stomach. Yeah, who, who's Brownie? My teddy bear. <laughs> Come on, Dino. 
I tell you, this kid's a sissy. What makes you think he's a sissy? He's wearing underwear. <laughs> I'll handle them muscles. Look, Junior, didn't your mother ever tell you the facts of life? Oh, but I was eavesdropping when she told him to dad. <laughs> ah, then you do know what girls are. Sure, I've seen them at parties. They're the ones that dance backwards. <laughs> you're talking about your ugly girls wouldn't go for you anyway yeah well i'd like to know what kind of girls would ever go for you you'd be surprised surprised i'm flabbergasted <laughs> hey that's funny you're a comedian no you're a comedian you want to bet <laughs> you know what i want to be ah. when i grow up i want to be a sailor yeah what would you do what would you do if somebody fell overboard i told him a lifesaver Oh. And what if you didn't have a lifesaver? I throw my Hershey bar. Yeah, uh, you can keep all that sailor stuff. I'm gonna be a singer. You wanna bet? <laughs> hey, Dean, what do you say we go down to the corner, huh? Yeah, I wanna buy an ice cream cone. See, I got a dime. I got an idea. I got an idea. Let's go eeny, meeny, miny, mo, and we'll see who gets the cone. Hey, that's a good idea. I like that. With my dime, why not? Okay, now here goes. Eeny, meeny, miny. Well, I get the comb. What happened to Mo? There ain't no Mo. Well, here's the ice cream. Go ahead, Dino. You can take the first lick. Hey, 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 fellows, fellows, I say, that's my cone. No, no fellas, don't lick it. No, I, I don't care if you hold it, but don't lick it. I mean, you boys are my friends and everything, but don't lick it. Okay, you win. They don't pay to argue over a cone anyway. Yeah, let's be friends from now on. Sure, when we grow up, we can all look back at the time we were kids and we can say... So All those childish games Spinning the bottle and kissing games I was so sad when school was through When they threw me out, I felt so blue I was voted the boy most likely to Most likely to what? I don't know, the class broke up early <laughs> How, How we missed those old childhood days I broke my young Frank, Jerry, and I play hooky for a little while. Let's turn the classroom over to Professor Wallington. Well, thank you, Dean. And now here's something of interest to everybody. For breathless moments, for your breathless moments. Chew dentine, the gum with <gasps> breathtaking flavor. Dentine tastes so good. Dentine freshens your breath. Dentine helps keep your teeth sparkling clean and white. Dentine, the gum with... <gasps> breathtaking flavor. Before you go out and always after eating, drinking, smoking, refresh your breath with dentine. You'll love dentine chewing gum. 
For Tentine has a wonderful, tingling, nippy flavor that lingers on and on. It's delicious. And remember, Dentine helps keep your teeth white, too. Keep Dentine handy. You'll enjoy refreshing your breath when you chew Dentine. So, for breathless moments, for your breathless moments, chew Dentine, the gum with <gasps> breathtaking flavor. Thank you, folks. Well, as we draw the curtain on the first 30 minutes of our show tonight, Jerry and I want to remind you that we'll all be back, including our guest Frank Sinatra, in about a minute. So uh, please stick around and join us, won't you? In the meantime, we'd like to thank Look Magazine for the wonderful story and cover in the current issue now on the newsstands. See you in about 60 seconds. So long. <laughs> you have just heard transcribed the first 30 minutes of the Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis show brought to you by Chesterfield sound off for Chesterfield get something new something no other cigarette has Chesterfield's mildness plus no unpleasant aftertaste by Anison for fast relief from pain of headache neuritis and neuralgia by Dentine the gum with the breathtaking flavor and by Beeman's Pepsin the gum that's great to chew and good for your digestion too and remember this ladies and gentlemen Stay right with us, because in just 30 seconds from now, Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis will be back again. Tonight, here, Seat of Violence, presented by Short Story on NBC. Transcribed. Ladies and gentlemen, this special edition to the Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis show is brought to you by your local Buick dealer to celebrate the nationwide premiere of the new 1952 Buick tomorrow, January 19th. And now here again is your master of ceremonies, Dean Martin. Well, folks, I don't know of a better way to start off this special 15 minutes than having you meet our next guest. Some weeks ago, we had a young lady in our show and we sang a tune that must have caught the fancy of a lot of people. Here is the lovely and talented Miss Carol Richards to join in a second helping of that old soft shoe. <laughs> this episode's rating was a 6.0. The overall season rating was 5.5. This is your FBI over ABC won the 8.30 time slot with a 7.2. Opposite on TV, NBC telecast We the People, and CBS's Man Against Crime starring Ralph Bellamy pulled a rating of 32. For more info on the career of Frank Sinatra, tune into Breaking Walls episode 85. Even with audiences leaving for TV, readers of TV Radio Life voted The Martin and Lewis Show their favorite comedy of 1952 while Martin and Lewis made the films Jumping Jacks and Sailor Beware. Stop <laughs> Thank you, Carol. That was very, very sweet. Hey, Dean. Dean, come here. I got a secret to tell you. I'm sorry, Jerry. You'll have to speak up. I can't hear what you're saying. Okay. I said I have a secret to tell you. Did you hear me that time? 
I'm afraid so. What's your secret? Well, Dean, you know, the new 1952 Buicks aren't unveiled till tomorrow. And, Dean, I just peeked behind a curtain at one of the new 1952 Buicks. <laughs> oh, dear. Folks, I can't really say I blame Jerry for being unable to resist an advanced peek at the new 1952 Buicks. New Buicks are always exciting news. And in times like these, when people are saying the 1952 cars will be pretty much like last year's, these new Buicks are doubly surprising. For the new 52 Buicks bring you advanced new features, dynamic new power, sensational new economy, brilliant new styling inside as well as out. So don't miss the big showing. Be among the first to see the exciting new Buicks at your Buick dealers tomorrow. Ah, uh, Jerry, why must you come out screaming like this? Why must you be so bellicose? Here now, I'm afraid I'll have to ask you to watch your language. <laughs> Jerry, bellicose only means audible. Don't kid me, Jasper. An audible is a thing with four wheels and a woman smash them into other audibles. No, that's automobile. Don't confuse me, Clarence. Automobile's a town in Alabama. Jerry, that's mobile. Oh, no, mobile is the oil you put in audibles. No, that's mobile oil. Oh, stop it, Dean. Mobile oil is from the song in the opera, Lord, don't name over your old... Lord, don't... Okay, okay. I'm going, I'm not coming back. I'm no, not coming back. No, 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 Dean. Don't leave me. Don't forsake this poor, sick child. It's no use, Jer. I'm adamant. Yeah, how's Eve? <laughs> Dean, will you do me one favor before you go? What's that? Stay. <laughs> oh, right. Jerry, I have... I, I, I have no more time to argue. I'm expecting a very important guest, the famous marriage expert. Gosh, Dean, I forgot to tell you, he can't make it tonight. So what are we going to do? Why not let... Why not let me take the part of the famous marriage expert? Well, what do you know about marriage? What do I know about marriage? <laughs> One of my closest friends is married. Who? <laughs> Who? My wife. Oh. <laughs> well, all right, ladies and gentlemen, we are proud to have with us one of the world's greatest experts on domestic life. He is responsible for more happy marriages than any other living man. Direct from the Viennese Institution of Matrimony, I am proud to introduce Dr. Conrad... Von Krutz. Dr. Von Krutz, I understand you know everything about the state of wedded bliss. Yes, yes, indeed. When it comes to wedded bliss, I'm a regular blister. <laughs> Tell me, doctor, what do you think of divorce? Well, with a good jockey, I put a dollar on his nose. I said divorce, not horse. Horse, that's where you get in the throat. Look, we did this before. Yeah, but laughs we got. Let's not fight it. Doctor, doctor, I know you, you saved many marriages from breaking up. Could you tell us about any special case? Really? One time a couple comes to me, he hates she, she hates he. They talk to me and all of a sudden they are having a fight in my office. Before I know it, they are beating me and kicking me and scratching me. Wow, what a horrible experience. It's just in a day's work to me. I stay cool like a cucumber. <laughs> I looked up as they were beating me and stopped them with one word. What was that? Help. 
Uh, what was the most unusual match you uh, ever made? Well, once I made a match that burned for 16 days. No. <laughs> it was one inch long, and on the head was six pounds of sulfur. No. <laughs> you understand. I was referring to an unusual love affair. For 16 days, this match went steady with a candle. This is a usual affair. <laughs> Dr. Von Kratz, what do you think of family life today? Families are too small today. Years ago, everybody had at least 12 kids. I had 18 brothers and sisters. 19 children? Oh, that's marvelous. Are they all well? Oh, they're fine, but mother don't feel so good. <laughs> well, that's too bad. Well, you never know where those measles will strike next. <laughs> oh, get out of here. Oh, no, you get out of here. <laughs> a few holes of golf tomorrow morning, huh? Sorry, Jerry, but I can't. You see, tomorrow morning I've got an important date. What's that, Dean? Well, after what you told me, I've decided to take my whole family to see the new 1952 Buicks. Okay, I'll go with you. They're wonderful. They're beautiful. I saw that. I know, but they're beautiful. Now, there's a good idea for all of you folks. For remember, tomorrow morning the all-star lineup of new 1952 Buicks goes on display at your Buick dealers. And believe you me, they're the smartest, smoothest riding Buicks you've ever seen with new surprise features you thought years away. So don't miss the fun. Bring the whole family to see the advanced new Roadmasters, the exciting new Supers, and the brilliant new Specials that combine big car luxury with economy price. Yes, don't miss the new 1952 Buicks at your Buick dealers tomorrow. Well, I've had to learn many songs over the years, and most of them are forgotten soon after the last note fades. But the great ones stick in your memory, such is the case with this old favorite. The song that you sang so sweetly You call it our love's refrain It's gone and I'm left completely out in the cold again I dream that our love would linger but just memories remain as I gaze at that ringless finger Out in the cold again True It hurts my pride To step aside For somebody new But Deep down inside My whole world Depends on you I wanted your arms around me to shelter me from the rain but now I'm back where you found me out in the cold of 
Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much. Yeah, that was a real wonderful job, Dino. I really enjoyed it. Uh, thanks, Frankie. It's always a kick to get a praise from another singer. Hey, Dean, Dean. Hey, Dean! The horrible thing happened. Well, what? What happened? I can't find Frank Sinatra. He's disappeared. Jerry, Frank Sinatra is standing right here beside me. Are you sure? Of course I'm sure. Good heavens, and I lost my fountain pen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh... Dino, before we call it a night, how about knocking off one quick chorus together? That sounds good to me. What am I supposed to do while you're singing? Why don't you run out and get a tattoo? <laughs> Listen here, Dean Martin. He's just here once, but I'm here all the time. If he sings with you, I'm going to too. Well, let's face it, Frankie. We got a trio. Let's do a round. After you, my good man. Crazy. Row, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Merrily, row, merrily, row, merrily, row merrily, your boat merrily, gently down the stream. <laughs> merrily, row, merrily, row, row your boat gently down the stream. Hey. Merrily, merrily, hey. Was I rushing? We better save this for another day, Frankie. Well, good night, boys. You've both been bricks through the whole ugly mess. Good night, everybody. Good night, Frank. Before we say good night, I want to tell everybody that we just heard from Marion Marshall, who's in Chicago, and she says that everybody is coming through wonderfully for the March of Dimes. Don't forget, folks, the March of Dimes needs your contribution to help the many infantile paralysis sufferers throughout the country. Please give all you can spare. So until next week, this is Dean Martin. And Jerry Lewis reminding you that we appear on radio through the courtesy of Hal Wallace Productions, producers of our new picture, Sailor Beware. Good night. Good night, everybody. See you. You have just heard transcribed the Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis show, written by Ed Simmons and Norman Lear, produced and directed by Dick Pack, with music under the direction of Dick Stabile. This special portion of the Martin and Lewis show has been brought to you by your local Buick dealer, who invites you to a premiere showing of the new 1952 Buicks starting tomorrow morning. Remember, you'll have your first chance to see the new Buicks tomorrow at your local Buick dealer. Tonight, hear Seat of Violence, presented by Short Story on NBC.